the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Those who don't learn from tragedy are doomed to repeat their sad mistakes as well, as we'll see next. Tragedy. It's not an if, but when, and it's not to just a select few people, but all. Whether worldwide, nationally, or locally, we're always suffering tragedy of some sort or type. So today, we go back to Psalm 46 to see what we should learn from tragedy. How do we as believers in Christ come out of tragedy victorious in Christ and to His glory? These are questions we hope to answer for you today. Please join us. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, here's Pastor Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. How many of you, when you tell people you'll be there, say, the Lord willing? How do you know one? We say, I'll see you tomorrow. You will? Guarantee me that. Listen to what James says. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I was reeling from Las Vegas. It was a Sunday night, right? Sunday night is when we got all the news of the massacre. We're reeling from that news, and I'm glued to it. I was glued to, when I was on vacation, I was glued to the TV watching Houston being inundated with all this water. And I I couldn't get away from the TV set. I, I wanted to see what's the outcome. What's the outcome? Then last Sunday night, a week ago Sunday night, I'm following detail by detail. How does this guy get up there with all these guns? How can you pull off a massacre? Bah, 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 bah. And then at 2 in the morning or so, the warning's out. Santa Rosa's on fire. Oh, Oh, well, we have fires all the time. They'll get it out. They're still burning. They're still finding dead people. We got 200 missing. And here he says, you can go to bed tonight and say, we're doing this tomorrow. We're doing that. And James says, I'm telling you, you shouldn't think that way. Other words, you probably shouldn't plan or think over 24 hours ahead. Go ahead and buy your plane tickets. We just said we may not be using them. Maybe you can insure them. They might cover you when you go to heaven. But look at it. And he's been, he's taking on pride in the chapter. And says, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? Lord, I'm important. 
No, you're just a mist. You're just passing vapor from the teapot. You're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. What will my family do without me? Oh, grieve and then spend the insurance money. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Watch. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. God's not against planning. He's against proud planning. He's against independent, self-sufficient planning, like I'm in charge. You really are not. Saved or unsaved, you're not really in charge of tomorrow. You can't determine if a drunk driver is going to kill you today. How could you determine that there's a man on the 30th floor, whatever, at the Mandalay Hotel, and I'm just going to for a country gig and get killed, and I leave a girlfriend out here that was shot, or my wife, or my daughter. No, no, no. Uh, I, I, that wasn't in the plan. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. We'll be there tomorrow. We're in charge. We're large and in charge. Oh, fool, 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 fool. God's already picked the day you're going to die. Did you know that? God picked the day you would be born. And according to Scripture, he's already got it in the calendar, the day and the way you will die. It's already been planned out. And you, you can't change that. You can't change it. I'm hoping I can go while I'm preaching. Just go up. I had an aunt. One of my dad's sisters was in church in Locust Grove, Oklahoma, Pentecostal. And in church, she raised her hand, was praising the Lord, and instantly had a heart attack, died right there. I talked to her daughter, Elaine, my cousin. I said, wow, what happened to Aunt Mildred? She said, Jesus did a drive-by. He just took her in a moment. He can do a drive-by. All such boasting is he. So whoever knows the right, and the right here is dependent planning, not self-sufficient planning, and doesn't do it, for him it will be sin. So humbly plan your life. Humbly admit if the Lord's willing, we will. If the Lord, God's will will be the thing that would determine it. And we're totally self-reliant. No cockiness, no boasting, no pride. No, we're in charge. No, get rid of that folly. Get rid of that stupidity. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. God is in charge of everything. Nebuchadnezzar, I run the nations. I make, I'm going to make you go insane for seven years because you think you're in charge. And I'm going to make you eat grass like a cattle and grow out fingernails like an eagle to show you that though you're the greatest monarch of the ancient world, there's somebody greater than you. It's called the God of Israel. It's humbling, but it's what God wants to do to us.
Then let's look at Titus, our fourth thing. Titus chapter 3. What we should learn in tragedy. Tragedy is a call for those of us who've been spared to love others and to help others. Look at uh, verse 4. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. And that word for loving kindness is the word philanthropy. Philanthropy. God loves mankind. God, God loves people that are never going to be saved. Did you know that? God is good to all men. Gives them seasons. Gives them blessing. Blessing. So he said, this God who loves all mankind tells us in verse 8, the saying is trustworthy and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to, vote, to devote themselves to good works. Devote yourselves to good works. Look at verse 14. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. God has called us to be a people rich in good works. I think of Clayton wanting to go down to uh, uh, the island and, and bring relief, bring things like food, power bars, things just to keep people alive. That's wonderful. That's good works. We ought to take an offering. We ought to give money. I called these people. They said, don't bring us any water. Don't bring any supplies. We've got all of that. Bring us money. We need money. We can buy the goods cheaper than you can buy them. We can buy the medicine. We need cash. We need cash. What do you think God would have you do? Why don't you do some good works? Do something. He said that our doctrine ought to be adorned with good works. Don't be people that just spout the doctrine, spout Jesus is coming, and spout all the truths, and say, in the meantime, would you clothe a brother? Would you feed a brother? John says the love of God doesn't dwell in us unless we're willing to do that. So it's time to do good works, help our brother and sister churches, and just be involved. Tragedy should call us into action. Did you know hospitals and colleges many times in history were started by believers, leprosariums where no one wanted to handle them. It was Christians often, oftentimes Catholic charities and other groups have gone in where nobody else wanted to go. Rescue missions. Who wants to deal with a derelict that is addicted to alcohol? The whole rescue mission effort. Just where John and Debbie Anderson work every day trying to rescue the perishing. Is it worth it? I see people in building projects, sports. You know, I know this time of the year we miss certain people because guess what? There's teams playing and those teams desperately need you in the stadium. On the Lord's Day, I want to read a final passage. Second Peter. Second Peter, then we close. Second Peter chapter 3. L listen to what he says. Verse 10. 
But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Now, now, listen to what he says. The day of the Lord is coming. Jesus Christ is going to come back and judge the earth. And he says there will be a cosmic, universal fire that will melt and burn up the earth. So you're living in a cosmic dump that's ready to be set on fire. This earth. Everything around you. Every tree is going to be consumed. Even in the tribulation, islands flee. All of those things. But he said, this is going to happen. It's coming. Cosmic destruction of the known universe as we know it. Now watch what he says, verse 11. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. What, what a statement. Famous apologist Francis Schaeffer one day was walking outside the city of Philadelphia. And in his walk, he happened to come by the Philadelphia city dump that was out there. And he said he looked into the dump and he could see refrigerators, TVs, and all these uh, different furnishings and things that people were throwing away. And all of a sudden he thought, you know what? This is the cosmic blaze that is coming. Everything is headed for a garbage heap. Every, all the stuff we fight over, we lust for, we make payments on. I got to have it. I got to have it. And he said, it will all burn up. The only thing on this planet worth going out of your way for is a human being. Not your stuff. Not your animals. People, for they have eternal destinies. They have worth. They have needs. Why don't you get torn free from all the stuff, the stuff that is choking your life and running your life? I had a father-in-law who had a beautiful yacht, about 42 feet. He kept it all the way up in Stockton to get it out of salt water. Because he wanted to keep it in top shape. Guess what? He had to spend three days every weekend keeping it clean, keeping it in shape, insuring it, making payments on who owned who. The yacht owned him. And he died. And the yacht cannot help his status with God. For I never knew of him repenting. One night, Howard Hendricks drove up in his neighborhood and his neighbor was standing out in front of his house in his pajamas and the house was on fire and eventually burned to the ground. And while the house was burning 
and the firemen were nearly helpless to put it out, his neighbor cried out in anguish, everything I've got was in that house. I've lost everything. Hendrick said, he asked himself, would that have been true of me had that been my house? Would I have lost everything? And he said, thank God, no, because of what he had could not be burned up. He had an eternal in home in heaven, and he knew Jesus Christ, and no fire could get rid of it. I close with a story out of the life of Dwight Dell Moody. Dwight Dell Moody, October 6, 1871. He's preaching in a hall called Farwell Hall in Chicago, Illinois. He preaches that night this message. What then shall I do with Jesus Christ, who was called Christ? What should I do with him? And when he came to the close of the message, he said, I wish you would take this text home with you and turn it over in your minds during the week. And next Sabbath, we will come to Calvary and the cross, and we will decide what to do with Jesus of Nazareth. Following the sermon, Ira Sankey, his famous song leader, saying, Today the Savior calls for refuge fly. The storm of justice falls and death is nigh. While he's ending the sermon, the sirens go off. And all of a sudden, he had to flee out the back door because the flames were growing so quick. He fled home to see his wife, Emma, and the children. That night, 14,000 homes burned to the ground in Chicago. That night, his church, Moody Bible Church, that was then the Illinois Street Church, burned to the ground. The YMCA that he'd raised the money to build in Chicago burned to the ground. Farwell Hall, 3,000-seat auditorium, burned to the ground. By the time he got to the house, he grabbed Emma and the children. She grabbed one picture off the wall. They fled. It burned to the ground. The greatest fire that ever swept an American city because the city had been built with pine wood that had all dried out and just drop a match, it was ready to go up. 22 years later, at the anniversary of the Chicago fire, Moody spoke, and he said these words, I have never seen that congregation since that October 6th night. And I will never meet these people again until I meet them in another world. But I want to tell you of one lesson I learned that night, which I've never forgotten. And that is, when I preach to press Christ upon the people then and there and try to bring them to a decision on the spot, I've asked God many times to forgive me for telling people that night to take a week to think it over. Why not now? When will you repent? You know, I'd be more of an evangelistic preacher if you'd bring more unsaved people. 
If you don't like to be evangelized, that's your problem. You're not bringing anybody. Most of you may be saved. Do you work at bringing anybody? Are you telling the anybody's in your life, repent? Have you repented? Have you received Christ? Because tragedy can hit any moment. It could hit any one of us. Anytime. The biggest issue will be, I'm prepared to meet God. I don't need my house to burn to the ground to do that. I've already done it. So I know I have one thing, one thing that nothing in all of life can happen bad enough to me for me to lose it. I have Christ. And he has me. And if they burn up my body, he said, fear not him who can destroy the body but cannot destroy the soul. Thank God if you'll flee to Christ, you can get permanent life insurance and fire insurance that covers you for eternity. You'll never see the judgment of God. Father, I ask for those who listen today, and you would assume they all know the Lord. Only you know that. But there may be some here not prepared to die. They're not prepared to face the fires of eternity and the judgment of God upon those who refuse to repent. If there's such a person, would they right now say, what is keeping me from Christ? What is keeping me from the security of knowing that should I die, should I not be alive 24 hours from this service, that I will be with God forever, that judgment will not touch me, that I will have repented, that I will have believed. I take you, Christ. I want to believe in you. I want to trust your death for my sins. I want to trust your resurrection for my life. I receive you, Christ. I flee. I fear the judgment of God. I fear being unprepared. Now, now I ask you, come into my heart. Not another day, not another delay. I've not been promised tomorrow. You've given me now. May you help me to believe, help me to receive. Don't let me perish. I want to repent and say I'm sorry for the way I've rejected you. I'm sorry that I've relied on other things besides you. I've put money, pleasure, my schedule, my projects, everything's been before you. But I will stand before you, not my projects. And you will ask, did you ever repent and receive my son? You obviously have not, or you would not be before my white throne judgment. Father, save. Only you can. We can preach. We can plead. But only you can save. We pray, do it. Do it today. And I ask you, if you're here, right where you are, pray to receive Christ. Ask him into your heart. Don't don't risk another day. Don't risk time you're not guaranteed. And of course, there's always some of us brothers and sisters here. If you make a confession and you need help, you need direction. 
That's what we're here for. We'll help you. But only you, only you can reach out and say, I repent, I receive Christ. You can do it right there. Do it for the sake of your eternal soul. Do it in Jesus' name. Amen. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to his knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855 833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.